Hello, hello, welcome to Luxury Mike. Luxury Mike is a space built for luxury thought leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs who are also culture creators and believe in the power of creativity and its influence in the luxury industry. They want to give back its flowers by sharing their journey in their careers and share insight on cultural trends. My name is Ingrid Dupuis. I'm a Parisian born and Caribbean rooted, live in America and passionate about all things luxury and culture. I wanted to bring you with me on the quest to learn more about the luxury world, but from our perspective. So take a seat, grab your favorite snack and blanket, lit up your candles and enjoy this conversation. Hello, hello, it's Ingridi. Welcome to Luxury Mike, where we talk about everything luxury and culture. Today, I'm so happy that we're recording our first episode with Shefali Valentier today. Shefali is a dear friend of mine, an incredible luxury professional with almost a decade of professional oh. experience in sales and business development on a global scale with fine jewelry brands. She is now sharing luxury mm-hmm. industry commentary and some insight into her work on Instagram and TikTok. The handle is Shell Slays. I will definitely add the handle in the description of this episode so you can find her yes, because please. she's doing amazing work. <laughs> How are you, Shivali? <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm so excited and honored to be your guest on your podcast. I know it's going to be an amazing source of information and entertainment for people um, interested yeah, in Yeah, definitely. So, well, I'll ask you a few questions. I want this to be as transparent as you can, obviously, because it's a girls' chat. We definitely want a chill vibe, but as well, providing great <laughs> insight for everybody who's listening. So, can you explain your current role? Like I'm a child, like I'm five and don't know anything about luxury. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, yeah, I can keep it nice and simple. So um, I work in the luxury industry in fine jewelry, so very expensive jewelry pieces. And my there's two sides to what I do. There's the sales element, um, so selling directly to clients. But um, the bigger, most important part is the business development side. So that just means um, I have to come up with the ideas and the strategies and um, all of the tactics I think that are going to grow the business so currently I'm with quite a small fine jewelry brand a diamond brand and they've got a new department which I'm the head of and that's my job um you know (laughs) thank you so much so basically um working in sales and business development is about all the ideas you think that can grow the business and essentially make it more money so that can look like collaborations um strategic collaborations that can look like events that you want to put on to target the the audience you you're aiming for um and that can also look like analyzing potential markets that you could expand into right where you think the business can do well mm-hmm. yeah oh that's great and what made you arrive to this position right now um so this is a management position um but you know as you mentioned before i've been in luxury for almost well no yeah just over a decade now and um 
initially my role was more um basic <laughs> it was just you know i got into luxury by accident right so <clears throat> i was preparing to go down a very corporate route when i was doing my undergrad mm-hmm. and um whilst i was looking for that kind of work i was just doing temporary work in luxury and wherever i was put by my agency like just to help out with very basic things i was doing very mm-hmm. well and i thought i really like luxury i get to meet interesting people and i get to make money if i do well with sales so the long story short we can get into the long version soon <laughs> but the long story short this. is i got here because yes i got here because i i aimed for it i knew that i i got into this role because i i always planned that i wanted to be in a leadership position um so i made the transition from being in just purely sales like as a senior sales associate to um investing in myself and going to get my mba this is good i can make good this is where we met yes so, yeah i took the leap you know i invested in myself with an mba that specialized in the luxury industry and that just put me so far ahead in like in terms of my peers oh, yes. and um it was just made perfect preparation to be in a role like this where i'm essentially taking care of a business within a business okay this is great this is great and i'm hoping yeah. that everybody's getting the inspiration from shifali's story you can always aim <laughs> smaller start with small jobs in the side and then discover your passion for the luxury industry and then grow from there yeah get your education and Absolutely. grow from there um yeah i know you just said that uh, you kind of fell into the luxury industry by accident but did you have a, an inspiration a role model that keep you going within the luxury industry you know what it's gonna sound so silly <laughs> but <laughs> can't wait when i was working so i had one position this was a temporary role uh-huh. right so this was before i took luxury seriously right. and i remember seeing this black woman just she just walked past uh-huh. me okay and i would consistently see her every single time ingrid this woman looked on point. Ah, i can see yeah. this and more than just how she looked it was her energy mm-hmm. like, i knew that she was a boss like she mm-hmm. was doing something she's yeah. she's in charge I can see that. <laughs> yeah right and I wasn't wrong because later on I came to find out years later I came to find out that she was one of um the directors for Fendi. Oh, okay. okay. So she was working in the luxury industry. Girl, okay. Yes. Okay. But I remember seeing her and thinking I want to be like you when I grow up. And I know that sounds so silly because I didn't even know what she did, but I could I was in a very luxurious environment and I was seeing someone that you know looked like me. Mhm just being fabulous and i could tell she was on it she she's a businesswoman and that's when i first just started looking more into luxury as a place to build a career because remember i was on track to do corporate stuff right like banking or yeah. i don't know finance whatever aren't we um, all <laughs> yes we were <laughs> but then i saw someone who in a split second just made me think well actually let me just look into where i can take this um because i'm always someone who likes to think five ten years ahead mm-hmm. so 
at this point I was still interviewing for roles to you know go into like private wealth management um which is very competitive like those sort of things when you graduate they're very competitive oh yes but now I was like okay what can I do with this business and French degree that I have and put it to use in luxury um French is a great language choice because we know most luxury brands most big luxury brands are French so speaking the language is great and then business just has a really nice foundation to use in any industry so my inspiration came like in that split moment let me start looking into what luxury can be for me you know if I can start with sales now but where am I taking that to right I didn't invest in myself with this degree to stay at sales and that's not because sales is a bad thing but that's just because I knew where I could go to and where I can go to exactly so there was that but then also um I started taking it more seriously when I was temping at um, a fine, a Swiss fine watch brand called mm-hmm. Piaget. Mm-hmm. They sell jewelry as well, and because of the reputation I had with all these little temporary jobs I was doing, everybody wanted to hire me. But I was like, I don't want to. This is temporary. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to do this. But then, <laughs> one of the um, agencies that I had a good relationship with was like. Piaget has an opening. It's a temporary role, but if you take it seriously, maybe they can hire you on a permanent basis and it could be your foot in the door. So I thought, okay, let me give it what I can give it and see where this goes. And the rest is history. I mean, I started working at Piaget and this was my first time being exposed to products that were this expensive and selling directly to people. Keep in mind, I wasn't really supposed to be selling. I was just supposed to be helping with little things like help with the drinks and show clients around whilst they wait for their appointment. Mm. But when I started to sell, that's when I realized I'm good at this. I like connecting with these sort of clients. Um, And I think I've found an environment where I enjoy being. Now that I know, in hindsight, looking at my personality and the sort of woman that I am, and I like nice things, (laughs) and I like doing things well, this is what aligned me to also be in luxury as well. I think it takes a a certain type of character to want to be in this industry and to Mm -hmm. do well. That is interesting. I think it's leading very well to my next question. Um, What makes it different as a person of color to work in the luxury industry? You said it a bit. We have this certain pizzazz, this certain elegance that comes from (laughs) us Caribbean women, I would say, but also black people in in general. We've been raised with this desire as a woman to be a bit more feminine than other women, a bit more eloquent, and also uh, have this elegance into us. What what make it different in the industry as an employee with your contact mm-hmm. with the client, but also in terms of your inspiration and your desires? Mm-hmm. What makes it different for you? Well, going back to that initial inspiration I had with um, this lady, right? That mm-hmm. I just saw and she embodied what I thought, what I felt I wanted to be. The reason why she stood out was because I didn't see a lot of women like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I saw a lot of women like that, then it would be, ah, you know, just yeah. another one. Yeah. But she stuck out because a lot of the places where I am um, through luxury, I'm the only person that looks like me. 
And you know what? It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it just means if if you are getting into luxury as a, you know a black woman, just be aware of that. There's going to be a lot of spaces where it's just going to be you. Um, so don't be caught off guard by that. Um, and another thing is be prepared for the percep the perceptions that will be projected onto you. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with you. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> but people might have a limited interaction. I don't know what it is. I mean, <laughs> we know. We know. How are you comfortable with that on a daily basis? You know that you have to take um, literally on a daily basis when you have clients in front of you who might be billionaires who want to buy mm. the next diamond for their fifth wife. How are you comfortable with the, <laughs> the, the, the projection that they might have onto you, a black woman who's selling diamonds yeah. to them? I think initially I don't, I always try to start from a positive point right Mm -hmm. like no matter what you're gonna have a great interaction with me i treat all of my clients exactly the same Mm -hmm. i'm not treating you differently even if you think a certain thing of me because you don't know me right but what's so interesting i love to compare my initial reaction with clients who have an appointment with me and the end of the appointment when the barriers are down i've won them over you know they can see that i know what i'm talking about and and i'm a very good professional at what i do um so on a, um, I'm happy to say that I haven't had too many negative experiences, um, but I've had enough to know that there are people who have s- certain perceptions of me. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so on a daily basis, I'm good. Like, as I said, I've been in this industry for a minute now, so I'm very well equipped <laughs> to <laughs> handle any sort of ignorance or, um, you know, just, just people who might have some discomfort with dealing with someone who looks like me. Um, But more so for others who are new to the industry or to those who aren't so um, used to that environment, you just have to be so confident in yourself and just make a decision that irrespective of what people might project onto me, I'm I'm excellent, I'm going to be great, I'm going to do well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love this confidence, honestly, and it's been proven time and time again. I just want to make a quick note to prove the excellence of Shefali in the luxury industry. We had a trip during our MBA luxury uh, within a diamond institute, and we had a competition with with the whole class of luxury. And we actually won the competition together. <laughs> I had to say that. So yes, yes. Thanks to her, ninety nine percent of it. Well, thanks to you, but still, still. Uh, yeah, when she says she know her shit, she know her shit. So just I know it. <laughs> I, I completely, I'm completely confident that people can see that. They can see that mm. your talent, you see your expertise, and ignore all bad conception that they have of you because you're a black person. And I'm sure mm. that you resonate and you really are like a diamond in a room. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, going back to uh, the story of this beautiful woman, your fairy godmother, without even knowing that she's your fairy godmother. Um, 
and she was working for Fendi. Do you have any other brands or one luxury brand that you really think can personify yourself in terms of uh, representing you as much as it can? Yeah. You know what? I think it depends on the dress code. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. If, if it's ready to wear. Yeah. Um, I really like Saint Laurent. Okay. Saint Laurent. Um, <laughs> in terms of just very classic, understated, the tail more tailored pieces, like timeless. That's what I think of when I think of um, Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're doing gowns, beautiful gowns, mm-hmm. okay. Um, Scaparelli. Okay. And, <laughs> and I know I know Scaparelli's like a really out there brand, right? It's crazy. Like <laughs> Scaparelli's pieces are really just unique. Um, but I, I think that's what I love about the, the clothing and the, you know the heritage of that brand anyways. You know, when you think of um, Elsa Scaparelli and and how creative she was, I feel like that is evident in the designs today, mm-hmm. um, and they, they're in a league of their own. So I think maybe that's why I feel yes. personified. I love them. I love them <laughs> so much. They are a bit crazy, but I feel like it's literally <laughs> what you draw as a little girl coming to friction yeah. that is happening <laughs> so it's just that this this innocence that it's beautiful to see in real life Absolutely. okay this is great so thank you so much for sharing so much about your career your journey now oh. we go into the second part of what makes this luxury mic podcast so unique which is insight about the culture and having insight from two luxury professionals influence about black culture in the luxury industry um mm. thinking of that if you have any artists of celebrity from the culture who really influence the luxury industry the most for you who would it mm. be and why um that influenced luxury i don't know if there's a particular individual or if it's mm-hmm. more to do with just mainstream culture in general uh-huh. um you know you and I, we got an opportunity to explore um, the influence of hip hop and and luxury. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, as a music genre and such a big part of you know mainstream culture, that is definitely something that has influenced luxury. You know, for the longest time, hip hop would be giving free marketing to luxury brands, like you know oh, all the sure. rappers sort of bragging about what they can buy and what they have. It was like free PR and marketing for luxury brands. So um, I think um, anything that's sort of mainstream in general um, and that tries to align itself with luxury, it sort of feeds in one and the other. So luxury will benefit from the um, exposure it gets in mainstream culture and people trying to get luxury goods and you know align themselves with it. And in the other way, especially with social media now, people want luxury brands to define them, right? So they mm-hmm. want to show off that I'm able to buy this particular item or I'm aligning myself with that brand because when I think of that brand, I want it to, you know, describe me as well. So it's sort of like a mutual relationship, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, you know, we can see is more evident because of social media. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the more and more social media is giving more and more regular people the power to just weigh in on luxury and give very direct feedback to what it is that they think is cool or isn't, or maybe use luxury brands as well to um, describe and ex express their creativity and describe their personalities. I don't know if you've seen recently that big red boot by Misty. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm on the fence because maybe I I'm have gonna... mixed feelings. <laughs> I, I was literally going to do like a reel on Instagram about it because yes. not because the shoe is anything special, but because that is what I'm trying to describe. Like you have something. It's a luxury product, right? I think mm -hmm. it's like four hundred dollars or something yeah. for this boot. It's it's definitely and it's a cartoonish, weird, like crazy boot, but because of that you know if you see someone wearing it in in one of their pictures they're going to be trending right now because it's just a, a hot topic everybody's talking so, about it mm -hmm. yeah so it's like that it's like that there aren't any individuals that come to mind recently it's more the culture in general right. picking up things and being like this is crazy but if you put it in your video and talk about it you're going to get attention so. yes and everybody's doing it for engagement. That is a very good point. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Um, another question I had for you was about collaboration. You know how important collaboration is in the luxury industry. It's what makes it so special compared to mass product. So you just follow one trend or whatever in the luxury industry, you're really composing art and you mixing different art together to create another genre. Um, if there's one collaboration that really caught your eyes recently or one that doesn't exist that you would love to see happening, I'm curious to see what it would be. Um, a collaboration that's caught my eye. Yeah. Or that, yeah. Mm. I loved wow there's so many that just sprung to mind <laughs> okay this one this one was more weird to me than anything okay. else yeah and that was Fendi and Versace yeah and mm -hmm. it didn't really get as high a profile in my opinion as I thought it would so basically they swapped creative visions and Versace um Donatella Versace designed for um Fendi okay. and then Kim Jones designed for Versace um and then they called it Fendache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was just for me it was an example of I didn't understand it didn't make too much sense to me. It mm -hmm. wasn't a collaboration in my opinion that was fully thought out for a particular reason. Um maybe I'm mistaken and I you know, I haven't read too much behind it, but um some collaborations they they make an impact and they make sense because they're so interesting and they're so novel um and unexpected whereas this one seemed a bit lazy mm. um whereas when you look at some of the latest collaborations that tiffany's doing it's it's very sort of strategic and consistent like clearly they're trying to penetrate mainstream culture and and target younger consumers um i don't know what the fendace collaboration was trying to do yeah so that's why it stuck out in my mind like mm. yeah and there was so much power to this there was so much possibilities that could come from a very classical 
Italian brand and a more extravagant Italian brand. So two Italian yeah. brands who are expressing themselves in a different ways, yet they didn't explore it. And I think that's a common theme with Versace, but I'm hoping that it's going <laughs> to change. Hopefully yeah, in the I mean, future. You know- yeah, I don't knock them for trying something. Like, let's be honest. Most of the time, you don't know if something's going to work until after you've done it. Right. Um, you know, if if it was a hit, um, you know, I'd be sitting here saying, it was amazing. You know, it was a great collaboration. <laughs> Probably, yes. You know what I mean? But it didn't work out. I, I, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it was more of like a project as opposed to we're trying to make clothes that are going to be a, a result of an amazing collaboration. And you know what? It's okay. I feel like it's one of the only industry with tech at the same time who are innovative and okay with not succeeding in creating lines that sold out or getting yeah. the... Because talking about it, and that's the, the power of the luxury industry because it's so artistic. Art is mm-hmm. not supposed to be liked by everyone. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be... Uh, making so many sales etc etc so i feel like the fact that they explore try and fail and be okay with that is what makes the power of this industry so that's okay i'm sure they'll they'll find another way to collaborate in the future maybe together or find another way to make it work uh but but i like the fact that they try and yeah and what you said is spot on like you said mm-hmm. it's like art right mm-hmm. like not everybody's gonna like the same thing but at the core of this industry is supposed to be creativity yeah. you know that's why we have fashion shows like we want to see what's new and creative and amazing you know and that's why more than ever you've got more luxury brands doing exhibitions and they're trying to um market themselves as um you know purveyors of culture like you know tiffany had um exhibition in the Saatchi gallery in in London um I think Van Cleef have do they have an exhibition on at the moment or oh, they have had one yes Cartier, Paris, Monsieur, yeah. um yes okay yeah yes you're right in Paris Scaparelli had an exhibition in Paris I think it came to a fin- an end at the beginning of this year so yeah it's just showing that beyond just consuming these luxury products um it should almost be like going to the gallery and experiencing um, art through fashion. Um, so yeah, some people love it and some people don't. But at least they talk about it and we said that engagement is key right now. So it is good, it is good. And that's what we want. We want the creativity not to die. That's why we try not to be too harsh on those that don't work because yeah. at least creativity have been tried and might not work for our eyes, but might inspire spike some new collaboration in the future that might work so we we all for it we're all for it (laughs) and we talked about tiffany i think i want your opinion on that and the recent collaboration because you're an expert in fine jewelry and tiffany has sometime has discussed their position as fine jewelry versus not more fashion jewelry they they've been bought recently by the group lbmh uh and they are definitely like we say going hard on trying to have pop culture or uh, ambassadors who are more mainstream like beyonce like jay-z they recently did a collab with nike which you know (laughs) i've been talking a lot of people what do you think about all that um so more specifically with 
the Beyonce and Jay-Z one, I think it's a risk that paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from an insider perspective, I wasn't surprised only because I know the relationship that LVMH is having with Jay-Z in particular, right? So mm-hmm. like buying a, a stake in his champagne brand. True. Um, you know, and it, again, not surprised um, when Rihanna started working with LVMH because, you know, she's part of Rock Nation. So that camp of people working with LVMH um, wasn't so much of a surprise when it came to Beyonce and Jay-Z. I think it was more of a surprise that it was the Tiffany brand that they decided to work with them on. Okay. Um, but Alexandre Arnaud, he is a friend of the Carters. Um, so, you know, that's... What's his actual position? I know he's a senior executive at Tiffany, but yes. I think it's like head of communications or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, yes. It's also um, a position. And I think he even invited them to his wedding in Yeah, in Italy, they went to their so friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah friends. So it made sense. It was like, we've, we've invested 50% in your champagne brand. Like, how else can we do business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to Beyonce and Jay-Z, you have a couple that... Um, they sort of personify like the American dream because they're self-made, oh. you know, they're billionaires as well. So we're not losing connection or touch with, you know, the, the high net worth clients who would buy our fine jewelry. But, you know, in line with all the other things that Tiffany's been doing in terms of to be cool and relevant, these two people are cool and they're still relevant. You know, they're, they're making, um, still making music, selling out tours worldwide and, people of various ages still listen to their music. So it makes sense um, to use them. So I think they fit in really well with the the strategy that Tiffany um, is currently deploying. Um, And you get the best of both because you've got the appeal to the younger consumers, but then you've got, if if they are aspirational as well, you know, you've got this billionaire couple who are wealthy to kind of aspire to, so you have the best of both. Um, I don't know, how long um, the partnership is for because you know first they started off with everything is love or yes. all about love sorry with both of them together and then Jay- Beyonce sort of did her own separate yes. um, you know with Super the Renaissance work. album and did her own separate um, sort of work with them but yeah it's working it's making them money um, so Tiffany's happy LVM <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, LVMH, they don't release um, figures per brand. Um, But, you know, in their um, financial report for the end of the year for um, 2021 slash 22, they did say that, you know, the launch of that campaign was instrumental to, like, a really, really good year for them. That's a Um, way to say it's making bank. Right. (laughs) It It was worth it. So, you know, all we can do is take their word for it because they don't release the specifics. But it 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 did what it was supposed to do. It got people talking, you know. It Never before have we seen such giants of mainstream culture be used in this way, especially as a couple. Like, more people um, were talking about Tiffany for the longest time because, you know, they were using a billionaire black couple as the face. So, very, very smart move, Alexandre. Très bien. Bravo, bravo, Alexandre. All right. Bravo. What about <laughs> Nike? I know this one was not as well received. 
<laughs> Do you know what it was? I think it was anticlimactic because the, the shoes are going to start selling next month, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to go. They're going to start selling. The reason why for me it was anticlimactic was um, the shoe itself. Yeah. This could have been a moment. Yeah. That is a very Vendace moment. Right? <laughs> or Tiffany and Nike. Right. Definitely. It was anticlimactic because, you know, they put out this image of the box, the Nike box with the Tiffany blue. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, wow, yes. amazing. Tiffany mm-hmm. and Nike. And then they dropped the most basic shoe. <laughs> <laughs> and there were so many, you know, creative avenues that could have happened with that, but maybe they wanted something that was simple and timeless. Um, by the end of the day, listen, we know how the luxury resale market does, right? Yeah. If you can get access to them shoes, just buy it and sit on it. Buy them and don't just don't wear do them <laughs> ever. <laughs> just let them do what they do and <laughs> value and when you need to sell it <laughs> yeah for sure uh, yeah um the shoe could have been a bit more creative in my opinion but you know it's a classic air force one it's and, still yeah, black i'm confused about yeah. the black why not why everybody love why or, or why not make the actual shoe tiffany yeah i don't know that's just me that's just me i'm not mm-hmm. a designer so i can't i know when something looks good but i don't know how to create it so um yeah but it's exciting because now we're like oh what's tiffany gonna do next right because they are doing it in quick succession you know collab after collab oh, yes. after collab. oh yes um so yeah this is the exciting and fun part of um you know luxury one collab that i did like from tiffany was the watch the, the one with patek uh, mm-hmm. oh yes watch. this worked so loved yeah. that and maybe that's because i'm in the i started in the fine watch space but I like when watches can be a bit more interesting in that regard and yeah, I really, really liked that color. Yeah, you know if you see that Patek blue somewhere, this person uh-huh. is <laughs> this person is <laughs> special. <laughs> You're special. You're definitely special. Well, that was super interesting. I love those insights that you have about culture, about luxury. We're already coming to the end of this podcast. I love it so much. Oh my God. But I still have one final question for you Yeah. Uh, that I'll ask all my guests when it comes to uh, um, their career and luxury and being so unique in the profile that they have if you had one advice that you could give yourself early on in your career when you started and you didn't know whether you would make it official full-time that is going to be you if you t- can talk to the chevali 10 years younger what advice would you give yourself so this is advice that a friend gave me Uh um and it's to take yourself seriously right um so many times you want other people to validate you but honestly if you are treating yourself like i deserve to be here i'm doing an amazing job and i'm gonna go far people will feed into that and they'll buy into that as well so yeah take yourself seriously if you're going to do something do it well you know don't take for granted the opportunities that you can create for yourself you know don't just wait for the opportunities to come and land on your lap create them 
Yeah. And you can only create them if you take yourself seriously and you think you can actually create change and create an impact. So I would tell myself all those years ago, from the very beginning, take yourself very seriously because the people that you're going to come into, they can smell weakness. Ooh, and yes. if they can smell that, oh, she's not so sure of herself or she's been given a handout, she doesn't deserve to be here, that's going to rock you. So For take sure. yourself seriously um, is what I would say. And I still live by that advice today, you know. And you have to when you're dealing with the clients that I'm dealing with <laughs> on a daily <laughs> basis. Come on, you have I'll to take you. yourself seriously. You're talking to very, you know, people who are very confident, very accomplished, or maybe even well known. They don't have time for people who are wishy washy and, you know, I'm going on a tangent here. But take yourself seriously. <laughs> are <laughs> you though? I-, I feel like it's part of the advice. I would definitely add on to this. Uh, one advice that I would add that is completely aligned when we say take yourself seriously, it also means your parents. You need to look oh. a certain way so people will take you seriously because I know I've been a victim of that. Sometimes I'm like, I'm confident, I know what I represent, but sometimes I just don't feel like it. I'm like, I have nothing to prove, but you actually do. You always have yes. to prove that you walk the talk and you mm. need to look a certain way when you're presenting yourself because nobody's thinking that someone in a suit is not worth. It's, it's never going to happen. It's always going to be like, you better be overdressed. You better be yes. looking like the opportunity you're trying to reach. Yes. So definitely. I mean, yeah, look at why this is key. It's key. Look at why my inspiration caught my eye. She looked mm-hmm. like, don't play with me. Definitely. <laughs> and you got it. You got the message. You got yeah, the, okay, exactly. I want to mean business the same way this woman is meaning business. <laughs> and Correct. I love that yeah. you said that your inspiration is someone that kind of looked awesome because i remember back in the days when i was like even nine or ten i didn't know anything about career or anything but when people used to ask me what do you want to be like what do you want to do etc etc i used to say i want to dress in white all day every day because i've never seen someone dress in white all day every day doing something bad with their life something is going well because you 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 look clean you look clean you're not worried of being dirty you're not worried of anything if you dress white every day all day so yeah that's definitely it i i love that I, it's all about the smallest thing but it's actually oh, not that small it's loving yourself mm. and showing it every day in the way you take yeah. yourself seriously in the way yeah. you look in the way you present yourself in the way you talk yeah. and eventually you have to do the work as well <laughs> so it's not just looking yeah. good but also mm-hmm. working hard to yeah. maintain yeah. that good look but yeah definitely love that well thank you so much valley for taking the time to talk to us today we covered your amazing profile your amazing career we talked about working in fine jewelry as a woman in color uh of color sorry i we talked as well about the impact of culture mainstream having engagement and how far we we're willing to go for this engagement and all the risky but not that risky um (laughs) 
opportunities that Tiffany had. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you definitely. have the opportunity to uh, connect with Shirley on TikTok, on Instagram. I'll drop the handle yeah. on this description. And if you have a final word for the audience. Um, yeah, just uh, luxury is evolving. You know, mm -hmm. as the world is evolving, so is luxury. So the, the that means the luxury consumer is changing as well. So don't discount uh, how you could contribute to that if you're interested in luxury. You know, all the traditional roles, they might still be there, but they're also changing a bit as well. So yeah, explore those opportunities and have fun with it. Amen. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time. You, I loved Ingrid. it. And uh, this will be published every Friday. So come to us and listen to Luxury Mike every Friday on all your streaming platform. Thank you, Shivali. Bye. Bye.